You're listening to Extra Cuts, a special episode of Butchertown Rundown, part of the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome back to Butchertown Rundown, the only podcast dedicated entirely to racing Louisville. Today we have another extra cut for you, another bonus episode, and this time it's the next installment of our Rookie Interview Series. I'm delighted to say we have Jalen Howell joining us, fresh from winning the She Believes Tournament with the United States National Team. Jalen was drafted number two overall in the NWSL College Draft. She comes from Florida State University, where she helped lead the Seminoles to two national championships and three ACC championships. In her 90-career Florida State appearances, she scored 14 goals and 14 assists, which is all the more remarkable when you remember she's a holding midfielder. Along the way, she became only the sixth woman in history to win back-to-back Mac Herman trophies, which are awarded to the best Division I soccer player in the country. It's basically the Heisman of college soccer, and Jalen won it twice. Remember, this interview is just part of a whole series of interviews with racing Louisville players, so make sure to check out our other Butchertown Rundown interview with Savannah DeMello and the interviews with fellow rookies Hillary Beal, Kirsten Davis, and Jordan Bloomer on the Beautiful Game Network. That's www.bgn.fm. But enough of that. Let's get to the interview and hear what Jalen has to say. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us and welcome back and congratulations on winning the She Believes Cup with the national team. That's pretty exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it was very exciting and um, I'm very happy to be back and have to be on with you. So how did it feel to be back with the national team, especially after getting called in so suddenly after Lindsay Horan got injured? Was Did you have any advance notice or were you just like really like, hey, hop on a plane and, and come here? Um, it was pretty much hop on a plane. Um, <laughs> I got the call after practice one day. I think it was, I think it was like five o'clock. They said, can you be in the airport to the airport in an hour? And I was like, yeah, uh, obviously it's an honor every time you get called in and any opportunity, you know, I'm going to try to make the most of it. And so I was obviously super excited, but a little flustered <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, it was a, a quick turnaround, but I was just uh, super excited to get that opportunity and, you know, to to go and, and play for the U.S. Well, it was great seeing you out there. I, Julie Fowdy mentioned this a little bit during the broadcast, but because you were called in to replace Haran, you ended up inheriting the number 10 shirt kind of <laughs> out of the blue. You know, that, that very coveted shirt. That had to be a trip. Yeah, I mean, I got there and they told me that. And I honestly, I was like, all any other number like I don't care like it should be like 99 like I I don't care what number just not the number 10 and they're like no sorry like we have to because of roster and blah blah blah. and so I was like okay and I felt like super weird and then a couple of my friends there thought it was hilarious just because like I am like not a number 10 and just the situation you know like Carly handing it down to Lindsay and how big of a deal it was and just like I don't know. It's just a pretty legendary number. And obviously Carly wearing it now, Lindsay, like two amazing uh, players and legends on the team. So I was just like, I can't wear this number. And everyone thought it was hilarious. So it kind of became like a joke on the team, you know, like JH10, like number 10, you got to go score. Like just kind of <laughs> funny joking around. Um, even like Lindsay 
she's like no jay like it's fine like we would always like joke and stuff she even like took a picture after with it so it became like kind of a joke and it's funny but at first i was like i'm not wearing this number so <laughs> it was uh but it, it was it was a uh, awesome and um you know since it is a legendary number i guess it was an honor to wear it so, but probably you're not going to be that happy to wear it again if you have to no more number no. 10 for you yeah, I told Lindsay, I was like, here, you, you can have this right back. <laughs> <I don't> want- <laughs> no, that's great. So I'm interested in learning a little more about how you started playing soccer and got interested in it as a sport. You've said in the past, I believe, in, in past interviews that you played several sports growing up, like volleyball and all. And then I also found an old interview where your mom said you were actually initially horrible at soccer. So I'm a little curious about how and when soccer became like the sport for you. Yeah, that's, um, I would say, well, my mom is right. <laughs> like, First, when I was, like, younger, like, just starting out, I mean, I played since I was three, but when I, the first, like, three years, I'd say, like, just kind of run in the back of the pack, like, didn't really care to go get the ball, and my mom just kind of threw me in soccer, uh, just because it's the first thing you can do, and, like, obviously, I mean, like, my family did not know anything about soccer, so they was like, yeah, just throw in, you know, I wasn't very good, like, I was just not really competitive. Is any three-year-old good at soccer, though? No, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just really have an interest, like, the first, like, three yeah. years, like, I was, like, six. And then all of a sudden, like, my mom said one day she just saw, like, somebody streaking down the field and scoring. And she's like, who is that? Like, and somebody's like, that was Jalen. Like, she's like, what? And then, like, she said, like, something just, like, clicked. And um, I played, you know – volleyball and basketball and track like I loved all those sports but soccer was just always uh you know my favorite it was something I was always passionate about it was never a question whether or not I you know was going to play that and it was an easy decision you know when it came time to make a decision to just focus on soccer but yeah growing up it is interesting because you know those first couple years didn't really have an interest wasn't very good and then something some flipped <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly did. And we're very happy it did to, you know, have you be playing the way you are now. So as you mentioned earlier, you, you play as a six, you're a defensive midfielder, which is a pretty unique position on the field. What skills or attributes do you think that you have individually that make you so effective as a six? Well, I think, you know, like you said, the six is a very unique position just because, you know, you have to be a playmaker, but you also have to be defensively very sound and, you know, protecting that back line, but you're also setting a tempo. So I think it's, there's a lot of details involved that a lot of people honestly don't really see when you're playing it, but it's very detail oriented position. And, you know, that's why I love it. And you get to play both sides of the ball and have to be good at both sides of the ball. So I think for me personally, that's what I've always focused on is um, first and foremost, you know, helping my my team defensively and being the person who can screen that back line, win balls in the air, um, make tackles, that type, and just really show my grittiness and how hard I work. And then, um, you know, I'd say during college is when I really started to develop technically um, the ability to find spaces in between lines and play uh, between the back line, midfield line, forward line, kind of connect the lines and set a tempo so I would say those are the two things I really try to focus on is just you know locking it down defensively and showing it that way and then also 
you know, connecting the game technically, whether it be switching the points, spraying balls, stuff like that. So you mentioned your grittiness as a player. Grittiness and toughness isn't necessarily just, you know, physicality, even though that does play a large role in it. It's also, there's a psychological component to it too. Like you have to be tough in order to weather the ups and downs that come with playing at a really high level. How would you define grittiness for you as a player? Is it, is it really just the grittiness on the field or is it the whole package of everything together? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a whole package um, of everything, you know, that was, the one thing my dad always taught me about being a professional football player, and he's kind of underdog, is just like nobody can affect you, your attitude, your effort, and you know your grit. And so that's always something I've really pride myself in, and something that he instilled in me at a young age. And so no matter what, I want to be the hardest working one on and off the field, and you know just show that grit and work harder than anybody on the field. And I think you know part of grit is kind of willing your team to win and not allowing anybody to lose, not allowing yourself to kind of go on a downward, downward spiral. If things aren't, you know, going your way, it's finding a way to win. And, um, you know, I think that the U S women's national team has always been the perfect example of grit. You know, they've always found a way in the toughest positions to find a way to win and to lift each other up and, you know, defend, the championships, the championships that they've won. So I think that's just a huge part for me is how can I make my teammates better and how can, you know, I find a way to win. And um, obviously that's not just on the field, it's also off the field doing all the right things to, uh, to do that in order to do that. That's great. So as a player at Florida State, you accomplished some pretty remarkable things, two national championships, you won the back-to-back Mac Herman trophies, you know, so much more than that. Do you feel like you left Florida having accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish there? Or are you still feeling a little bit nostalgic about the comforts of, you know, program that you were with for so long? I mean, I'll forever be grateful to Florida State University and the soccer program there, Mark Corian. Uh, my head coach that was there. I mean, everything that they did for me on and off the field is is amazing. It, it changed me as a person and a player and I'll always be grateful. So I, I'll always miss it, you know, and um, I'll always be thankful. But, you know, I it was nice leaving on that note, winning national championship, another, you know, Mac Herman. I think that really sealed the deal for me. I felt like I was able to leave, kind of close the door behind me. Like I did everything I could for the program and just because they had done so much for me, I wanted to give it my all and um, for them, you know, and, and to give them that win and to give them the recognition, you know, they deserve the coaching staff and the university and just how great they are. So I'm glad I was able to do that. And, you know, hopefully uh, in, you know, the next 10 years, they'll still, uh, you know, be a championship team and do all the great things, you know, we've been doing the past couple of years. In the championship match for the College Cup, you got booed pretty relentlessly by the BYU fans every time you touched the ball. Uh, And then the game goes into extra time and eventually into penalty kicks and you convert your penalty kick and then you run to your spot, you know, shushing Mm. the crowd. (laughs) How does the crowd response affect you as a player on the field do you in situations like that do you have to fight to keep a clear head or do you just like let that fuel you and you're like oh, okay I'm gonna show you now uh that's definitely a fuel for me 
Yeah. And they started doing that. And obviously it's the national championship game. It's like one of the most emotional games, you know, at that, at that time we can go through and I'm a competitor. Like I want to do everything to win. I'm super competitive on the field. Like I was, I, I tell everybody I'm so chill off the field and I'm, I'm on the field. I flip a switch and you know, I see red. So I'm a competitor, you know, when, when that started happening, I was like, all right. And I, I kind of use it as fuel, as you said, but, you know, it, it's part of the game. You know, the the crowd and the player interaction is part of the game. You see it all every day in, in all leagues. And, you know, I think, you know, I would like to think that I can control my emotions a little bit better. But like I said, I'm just very competitive. So, you know, in that moment, I was on planning on really doing that after my PK. But it, it happened. <laughs> and I think, you know, it, uh, when it comes down to it, like I said, it, it's part of the game. and. BYU was a great team who literally gave us everything we could handle. And so I just had a great time playing such fun competition and they had such a great fan base. And so I think, you know, it's important for, for growing the women's game. And that's something that I really looked at and coming out of that game, you know, just how fun and intense and awesome of experience it was. No, I mean, I, I love that energy. And I mean, I think we need, more of that in a lot of women's sports, you know, that, you know, getting pumped up and getting the crowd pumped up too by your reaction on the field and having that like integrated relationship. So I think it's great. How familiar were you with Louisville and particularly racing before you got drafted? I know you've played here with FSU several times. FSU played racing in the preseason last year. And I believe you also attended a game in Lynn Family Stadium, a game that we did very badly in um, (laughs) with FSU uh, against Houston this summer. Were those all your experiences with the team or did you follow them at all during the year as the NWSL season went on? You know, I had followed a lot of teams. I love watching the league and, you know, I have a lot of friends and people I know in the league. And so I've, I've always watched it. So, you know, I, I want to say I particularly watched racing, yeah. but I definitely have had experiences being in Louisville, um, you know, whether it be playing with FSU or, you know, after the game, we came to Lynn Stadium and that's the first time I saw the stadium in person. I thought like, wow, like this is the nicest stadium, you know? But, you know, I, I had no idea where I'd be going in the draft. And I was I was open-minded about every club. But, you know, now that I've been here and seen how great the city is and how supportive the fans are, our facilities are fantastic. You know, I can't imagine myself anywhere else. I was actually going to ask you a little more about the psychological aspects of the draft process, because that seems so overwhelming to me. How do you mentally prepare to just be like, well... I'll go where I go, you know, with, with not very much control over this event that could very much determine, you know, the course of your early career, at least. How do you plan for that? Um, you know, I think, like I said, I just had to keep an open mind and trust the process and know, you know, whatever team drafted me, I was going to give 110% no matter what. And, you know, if they drafted me, they obviously, want to invest in me and so I'm like I said if they're going to invest in me then I'm going to give them everything I have and bring that grit and winning you know mentality that I think I have and so I knew nowhere where I went that's I can only control what I can control and those are the things you know my mentality and my work ethic so with those two things you know I knew anywhere I could 
be successful and help the team be successful. Um, you know, so I kind of just had to put it into God's hands and, you know, see where he wanted me to be. And like I said, I, I'm so glad that I ended up in Louisville and I, I can't imagine being anywhere else at this moment. Well, that makes me very happy to hear that. Um, (laughs) As we discussed a little earlier, you just got back from being with the She Believes Cup. But before that, you have a very long history of playing with the youth national team. So you have some history with players like Emily Fox, you know, prior to, you know, just now with the national team and, and Hillary and Savannah. Is it helpful being on a team with so many familiar faces? Does that help ease the transition into a new club? I think it does. Um, You know, I can get along with anybody and um, I I wasn't, you know, really worried about going to a club and that transition part. But I think, you know, being here now with friends and honestly, our our team is is very young. So I do know, you know, a lot of the players surrounding me and I think it does help. Um, I think, you know, just having familiar faces and people that I've known for like four or five years and known Foxy and Sab and Hillary and all of them. So I think it definitely does help with transition, being comfortable and having immediate friends when you get here. And there has been so much transition in the team. You know, the team's only a year old, but almost 50%, I think something like 45% of, of players have turned over. So it's still, Nadia just said today in an interview that it's like a whole new team, even though, you know, this is the second year. In light of all that, how is the team building going, in your opinion? How's the the chemistry building amongst the players? I think it's going great, honestly. Uh, you know, I've been away for the past two weeks, but I'd say just the vibe and the chemistry right now is um, something I didn't expect at this early of a stage. You know, I think, excuse me, the team really uh, meshes well together, you know, like, everybody's super supportive. Everybody's nice. That's what really stuck out to me when I first got here. It's just how welcoming everybody is and how helpful. And I think it's, you know, still the same way and everybody gets along. And so I think that's a huge piece to, to winning is having teen dynamics off the field that are good. And, and I think we have that. And obviously on the field, I think we have uh, a lot of talent and you know, we're just trying to to build off of that and getting used to each other's playing styles and and uh, obviously listening to Kim and his coaching styles. So I think, you know, it'll all come together pretty soon. But right now we're still just trying to learn the systems and learn how to play with each other. But, you know, I'm confident that we're going to come out with a good team this year and a good, uh, you know, fighting spirit, fight for each other, fight for, you know, the city. And what are your impressions of Coach Kim so far? He's obviously very new too, just arriving right before the preseason started. Do you think that he has a clear vision for the team? I think that he definitely does. You know, like every time I've talked to him and every film session we've done, he has a very clear vision. He's very clear on what he wants from each position, what he wants from each line, and what he wants from each individual. And I think that's super important that everybody's on the same page and I think that's what he's doing and you can tell he's has a great soccer mind. He's, he's very smart. He wants to play possession style of soccer building out of the back, you know, build through the midfields and and play the beautiful game that, you know, we know. So I think that's very exciting for me uh, as a player and a midfielder 
who in, you know, previous years has played possession style and, you know, has really focused on tactics and uh, the technical side of the game. And I think Kim, you know, offers all of that. And um, so I think a lot of us uh, players are very excited to, to play for him and see where the season goes. Great. Um, that's, that's great to hear. You touched on this a, a little bit before, but in the past, you said one reason you were attracted to Florida State is because it's such a professional program for a college team. Mm-hmm. And when you look at clubs like, or clubs, when you look at colleges like FSU, UNC, you know, these, these big historic programs, they're often more professional than the actual pro teams because, you know, Title IX and and other, you know, public mandates require universities to have a certain level of, you know, equal treatment between men's and women's teams and in sports in general. So knowing that pro teams often do lag behind major college programs like FSU, where you come from, how does racing stack up? Do you feel like they're providing you a professional environment that you can and your teammates can excel in? Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. And I went in with that same mentality, you know, like I came from a division one school who is very successful and, you know, um, we were very fortunate to have all the things that, you know, we had and the resources that we had. And I thought the university did a fantastic job providing that, but after coming to racing, you know, we have a lot of those same elements, if not more. And like I said, you know, coming to the league, I, d- I didn't know, you know, what it would be like. And it was a fantastic surprise knowing, you know, we have our own facilities, you know, we have two meals a day, we have all of these resources, a beautiful stadium, like it, it truly um, is, is amazing to me that how much they're investing in women's soccer here, because you don't see it in a lot of parts of the country. And, you know, Kim and I were talking, we're like, I think, you know, it's probably top 10 in the world for a women's facility you know you just don't see it and they split everything evenly between the men's and women's too you know and that's what they're saying and I I think that's incredible and I think a lot of clubs will try to emulate that soon and you know that's what we need to grow the game and so I'm super proud to be here just you know to be a part of a program and a club that invests so much into women's soccer and, you know, the city as well. And so uh, I thought that aspect was super cool. And I think, you know, as, as far as like professionalism, it, it feels like you're a pro, it feels like you're in that pro environment, you know, so that was a very nice surprise. Wonderful. So the, the challenge cup is coming up really fast now. It's, it's in less than a month. Are you getting excited about your first professional matches coming up? I'm very excited. It feels, you know, like it's been a while since the start of preseason, but also not, you know, it's, it's gone by kind of fast too. So I'm just, I'm ready to get started. I think the team's ready to get started after practicing and scrimmaging and all of that. It's, it'll be nice to actually play in the stadium, play, uh, you know, under the lights against some, you know, good competition again, you know, with, with fans and I'm super excited and I can't wait. What are some of your goals for your rookie year and what do you hope to accomplish, not just for yourself, but also for the team in 2022? Yeah. I mean, I, I always set my goals really high. So I think obviously coming into uh, this year, uh, rookie of the year, you know, one of the best rookies in, in the league and one of the best holding mids in the league, I think, you know, 
realistically, I think, you know, I, I can do it. And, uh, but you know, it's also a very high goal. So I'm going to have to work very hard, but that's individually a, a goal of mine. And, you know, I also just want to help out the team in any way I can, whatever, you know, Kim asked me to do, I'm um, be willing to do it. And, uh, you know, when you put my body on the line every day and, you know, I, I, for the team, I think as a, a team goal is obviously coming back from last season and turning it into more of a winning championship type program. You know, I, it's, it's the second year, but like I said, I, I like to set the goals high. And I think, you know, we're going to have the talent and the coaching staff to be able, you know, to, to win a lot of games. And so I think that's super important to set a good foundation for the next couple of years. And in doing that, you know, winning a lot of games and competing for, for championships. Wonderful. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and all super good questions. And I can't wait to get started. <laughs>